Hear the Gospel of our Lord, of our Saviour Christ, according to St Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. <coughs> a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfil. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the thoughts of our hearts and the words of my lips be acceptable in your sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, hello, and um, I'm so pleased to be here. It's my first visit to the Institute. Thank you very much for the invitation. Um, I'm really delighted to be here. Um, I, I have been to Dublin once before when I was 10, so I don't remember very much. Uh, so I had, a, I had a lovely trip from the airport on the bus, top deck of the bus, uh, into, into the city and then out this way and got a good, good sort of introduction to, to the city, saw quite a lot. So that was great, the sun was shining and life was good. So here we are. Um, so um, my, my role, I work for the Anglican Communion office, uh, which is based in, in London. I don't work for the Archbishop of Canterbury. I don't work for the Church of England. I work for the Anglican Communion, and that's very important. So we serve the Communion as a whole uh, in our office, and we are under the sort of direction of the what's called the Anglican Consultative Council, which meets once every three years. And we're there to serve the mission and the ecumenical work and the sort of house, good housekeeping of the Anglican Communion. And it's a tremendous privilege. Uh, to, to, be, to be in that role. And my particular uh, desk, if you like, 
is theological education. So um, I'm called director, but I don't direct anything. Um, I was just saying beforehand, um, I'm a sort of networker. I'm there to try and put people in touch with each other. Colleges with colleges, courses <coughs> with courses around the communion. And to build up the sort of understanding and the, uh, the, the links between uh, students, staff, and the wider church across the Anglican Communion. So networking is part of my role and also uh, commissioning <coughs> resources uh, to go onto the internet. Many colleges struggle financially, particularly in the developing world, and so one of our roles is to put very good quality uh, teaching materials, study materials, onto the uh, Communion website so that places in other parts of the world, wherever, can download them for free and use them in their own programmes. So that's the second thing I do. And then I'm also there to be an advocate for theological education in general, in the church. Um, churches, uh, churches tend to be, as we were talking earlier, tend to be busy places. And uh, people are involved in lots of projects and activism in all kinds of ways and arranging <coughs> our common life. And often theological education sort of gets pushed to one side, particularly once you've complete, if you're, uh, completed ordination training, then it's very easy for it to be, to be sidelined. So one of my roles is to bang the drum, fly the flag for continuing theological education for the whole people of God. Because we all need to spend time reading scripture, learning from our tradition, reflecting, writing even, and, and, and learning and growing in our faith. So that's part of my role. Um, this, of course, is a big year for the Anglican Communion. As I'm sure you know, it's Lambeth Conference year, um, 2020. The last one was 2008, so 12 years ago. And uh, three-quarters of the bishops of the Communion will be gathering in Canterbury in July for the conference and bringing their dioceses, their people, their churches with them in their <coughs> hearts and their minds and then conferring with each other. The Lambeth Conference is not a synod, <coughs> doesn't make decisions as such, legally binding decisions, but it's there for the church to listen to each other, to learn from each other and to come to a common mind on some of the big issues of our time. And of course, this year, um, climate change, the climate emergency that we're in, is going to figure very large uh, at the Lambeth Conference. And uh, the bishops will be not only conferring, but demonstrating uh, the church's involvement and engagement with that issue. Anyway, so, that's the bigger picture um, of, of where I come from and what I do. Um, but the question is, away from the headlines, <coughs> away from the immediate issues that are in front of us, where, in the longer term, in the next 10 years, where is God leading us as a church, as a worldwide communion? 
sort of under the surface, in the, the cross currents of our life, where is the Spirit of God leading us? Because that's really the key issue. So just for the next few moments, um, I thought it would be helpful to just to think about that and to mention that in many parts of the communion, the issue that's coming to the surface more and more is is a very familiar one, I'm sure, but, but, but it's so important, is the question of discipleship, growing in our discipleship. In many parts of the communion, especially where there's high, large membership, parts of Africa, Asia, um, the, often the report that comes through is that the, the faith of the people is a mile wide, but only an inch deep. And so you have the, the classic example is Malawi. Malawi, 80% of the population um, are Christian, have a Christian um, allegiance. But it is one of the most corrupt nations on earth, according to the <coughs> various indices that, 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 that are there. So what's going on? What is it about our faith that's not not changing us within, not forming us to be more like Christ. And the answer to that is, is that, that our discipleship is not growing, is not, we're not engaging with that discipleship at a deep level. And, um, and, and here in the global north, of course, we have no, no moral um, superiority on this whatsoever. Um, in our churches, often discipleship is seen as something to do with membership. So if you're a member, then that's it, you're, you're, you're sort of in. If you've made the promises um, at, your, at your confirmation, then, then that's been seen as enough. But of course it isn't, because the life of, of the disciple following Christ is a journey, a journey of growth, a journey that takes our whole lives and so the question is how can we how can we grow in that and so um, <clears throat> this is where um, our, our reading our gospel reading um, comes into play because if you remember uh, we heard a well-known part of the Sermon on the Mount that sermon is introduced uh, when it says uh, that Jesus went up the mountain, though the crowds were following, he went up the mountain and his disciples followed him and he sat down and taught them. So the Sermon on the Mount is particularly addressed to his disciples, to his followers, those who are walking with him. So, what can we learn from this uh, this, this afternoon? I think um, what, what, what struck me very much as I was preparing this, uh, this um, sermon um, was that uh, he gives us these two very powerful images. So the first image, right at the start of the Gospel reading, you are the salt of the earth. So salt, of course, is something that's mixed in to food. It becomes sort of invisible, doesn't it? 
but it makes such a difference. It livens up the, the dish. It transforms that dish of food. But then Jesus gives us the other image. You are the light of the world. And he's, he's building there on the words we had from Isaiah about the people of God being a light to others, a light to the nations. So you are the light of the world. Now light is very different to salt, isn't it? Light is about standing out. It's about um, being a beacon, um, shining for all to see, uh, bringing light to the world. So Jesus gives us these two sharply contrasting images of what it is to be a disciple. One about sort of being almost invisible, mixed in. The other one about shining, standing out, being a beacon for others to see. Now I think there's something rather profound uh, going on here for us uh, in, in this, this, this contrast of these two images. Perhaps Jesus is saying to us, there's not one way of being a disciple. There are actually at least two very different ways. And, the, and as disciples, we are, to, we are to follow the one that we are called to. So, for example, this may be relevant. If, if we are a sort of quieter type, someone who likes to listen, someone who likes to mix in with others and not to be um, the one that stands out. Here is a model of discipleship that we can follow to be the salt of the earth, to make a difference uh, sort of within the, the communities, within uh, the places where we, we, are, we, we live. On the other hand, if we're more the type that, that stands out, that's chatty, that's uh, louder, that's extroverted, that um, uh, likes to give a lead. This also, Jesus is giving us a model of discipleship in the image of the light, that uh, that is also part of being uh, a follower of him. So for some, uh, looking at then ministry, looking at how we might understand ministry within this, this, uh, these, these two models, so there's some kinds of ministry which about, are about being embedded, embedded within uh, a community, embedded within the lives of others. Ministry as a collaborative uh, endeavour um, where the minister is there as a, one who is supportive, leading from within, as it were. But then there's the other kind of ministry which is also needed, the ministry of standing out, being demonstrative, leading from the front, if you like, in situations where that is needed. Both are there. Jesus is giving us both images, both approaches. And I think probably the same thing applies to churches as well. So um, some churches, in their sort of character, the sort of theology that they, they embody, some churches would be, you could describe as community churches, sort of tucked away uh, in their neighbourhoods. Um, churches that are, uh, their, their congregations are made up of people deeply involved in all kinds of different activities and uh, involvements in their local neighbourhood. Um, being the salt of 
of the earth to those people in those neighborhoods. Uh, sort of almost invisible, but making a transforming effect. Other churches, other churches, the, the sort of implicit theology within, th within those churches are, are more about being beacons, being places that people notice, either even architecturally in the way they're placed in a community or in the kind of worship, the kind of life they embody. They, they stand out, they're different from their neighbourhoods and that is important uh, for them and for the neighbourhoods as well. Um, uh, with spires or with towers or with kinds of worship or whatever that, that point to something different to what people uh, are used to. A lamp set on a hill, as Jesus says, bringing light to the world. Now, um, it's worth remembering, though, that um, Jesus is saying this to his disciples, but he's not saying one, giving one Im image just to one group and the um, other image just to the other. He's actually giving both images to the whole, uh, whole body of disciples in front of him. And so this may be a bit of a challenge to us. I expect you may have identified particularly with one or the, or the other of those two images. But I wonder if, sort of more deeply, Jesus is actually calling us to both. We will be attracted to one kind of ministry uh, because that's the kind of people we are and that's good and right. But sometimes, um, in public ministry especially, we are called to go the extra mile, to be more than what we're used to. So if we are the, the quieter type, the listening type, the one that works within, sometimes we are called to step up and to stand out and to take a lead. And that can be quite challenging. But with God's help, God's spirit, he can equip us for that. Others who are more used to standing out, uh, taking a lead, um, being the ones that, that speak first and then listen, perhaps sometimes they're called to, to hang on a minute, to spend some time actually listening to what's going on and to paying attention to the <coughs> dynamics in a place and responding to those in good time rather than immediately. Just pausing for a moment and then uh, adapting ministry to, to what's needed there. So maybe Jesus challenges us uh, to, to step out of what we're comfortable with, what we're used to, what we like, and sometimes to take on a kind of ministry which is more than what we are used to. But discipleship, of course, is, is about the whole of life. And if there's one thing that the Anglican communion has been rediscovering in the last few years it is about the way that both mission and <coughs> discipleship are to do with not just um, what we think our, our beliefs our, 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 our knowing it's also about what we feel within our hearts our emotions our doing our being who we are how we pray, 
and our relationship with God. So uh, there's, a, there's a phrase that's used quite a lot now. It's called the season of intentional discipleship. And it's a bit of sort of jargon in a way, but basically <coughs> what it is is dioceses and provinces in different parts of the Anglican community <coughs> deciding to make a special point of promoting discipleship uh, among their people. So it's called a season because it's a sort of 10-year period uh, which this, this is being promoted. This will be part of the Lambeth Conference uh, later in the year. And um, I wonder if this is also something for us to reflect on, to ponder, to think about how can the discipleship which we embody uh, transform our lives as a whole so that we may be not just at the salt of the earth but also the light of the world and not just the light of the world but the salt of the earth. And then finally as we come to the Eucharist as we uh, as we share the bread and wine, um, as we uh, are drawn into the presence of Christ around his table, um, this is a, a wonderful reminder that we're not on our own, uh, that uh, he is with us. He can uh, equip us, he can encourage us, he can give us the strength we need to step up to what he calls us to do. So let's pray then in our prayers and through the rest of the service, let's pray that he will uh, equip us for the kind of discipleship that he calls us to, a discipleship of mind and body and soul and spirit. Amen. Amen.